Morning. What an awesome start to the day, huh? Beautiful day. You know, I'm finding that the Lord um, is making himself known sooner and sooner and more broad to the people. And Dan came up to me during worship and you know, God, God wants to be made known. He wants to be made known correctly. He wants to be made known in the accuracy of who he is, right? There's too much going on in the world today where people think they know who God is, and they have their own mindset and their own understanding, but they're rejecting the power and the authority. And Dan came up during worship and said, I have a word of knowledge. And the word of knowledge was there's somebody here today that uh, has shoulder pain that's going to be healed. And somebody here today, at least a couple people, who have heart issues that are going to be healed. So if you're one of those people, I I can uh, declare to you that there are several people in the room that bear witness to that. And I want you to rise up in faith and claim that word for yourself that God is revealed through the demonstration of signs and wonders and miracles, right? And through places of where mankind can't produce, amen? He is still a deliverer today. He is still the one that answers the heartache and the questions today that you may be having. Why am I experiencing this? What's going on with me? Why am I experiencing the things that I'm experiencing? And so if you're asking yourself that, the world is asking that, and you're not alone. You're not isolated. You're not, there isn't something special going on with you that's unique that no one else is experiencing. And, you know, perhaps uh, I've attended lots of meetings recently and lots of secular uh, things going on. We all have jobs, you know, out in the world. And I have found that there are people who are rejecting God because of separation of church and state, they'll say, or religious activities, they'll say. There's a long list of reasons why uh, they don't want anything to do with Christianity or God or the spiritual places, right? But I'm here to tell you that God fully intends to continue to make himself available, to show himself strong. You know, I've been in situations personally where somebody has been talking about me, trying to describe who I am as an individual, and they got it all wrong. And it wasn't malicious. It wasn't with the intent of belittling me or or making me feel bad or elevating themselves, right? It's just they didn't know. They got it all wrong. They didn't, they didn't have the personal relationship with me to get the description about me correct. And the emotional impact of that, that for me as an individual, uh, is, can be devastating, right? When somebody gets it so wrong and portrays you in a way that you're not. Well, God has given us those feelings because we're made in the image of God, right? We're made 
like him. He's given us those feelings so we might understand what he feels like, what he goes through, what he is portrayed as God, a loving father, and people get it wrong. And we're coming into a season of time, even now, that we have been living in this place for weeks and months now, where God is revealing himself in the truth, in the sincerity of who he is. And if it needs to be in signs and wonders through words of knowledge like Dan is saying, then let it be. Amen? If it needs to be through miracles, then let it be. If it needs to be through a dream in the middle of the night that is encouraging to you because you've just been discouraged and depressed, then so let it be. If it takes a, a, an encouraging word from somebody that just calls up and says, hey, I've been thinking about you, and I don't know what you're going through, but I just wanted you to know I'm praying for you, and that's all that's ever said, then so let it be. God is making himself known in the days we're in, in something called a global pandemic where the economies of the world can no longer be anticipated can no longer anticipate uh, the success or the uh, state of the economy. You know, perhaps you remember reading about uh, the, uh, the Industrial Revolution. I want to I just say to you, whenever God moves, he moves he moves the heavens and the earth. He moves principalities and powers. He reestablishes something that's called a new normal. And all through history of the love letter that we have from God, the Bible, right? And all through history, God has spoken in such ways that have redefined societies, have redefined new normals. And he has established something completely brand new. And I want to suggest to you that God is not uh, unable to do the same thing in your personal life and where you find yourself. And he is certainly able to do it on a global scale through a national pandemic and a global pandemic. He knows about, he's, he's, not, uh, he's, he's not a father that delights in seeing people sick and losing their life. But he is a God of deliverance. He is a God of answer. And I want to suggest to you, you might remember reading about, um, you know, times in our nation and times in our society where major things have happened such that that period of time was unlike the time before it, and it's unlike the time after it. And I'm suggesting to you that we're living in a time right now unique unto itself. For instance, the uh, Industrial Revolution that you may remember reading about in history class, uh, you know, happened during a time where the global uh, movement needed something very different than what the status quo was. It needed a breakthrough and a change and a uh, uh, a tool set that didn't exist on the earth. You know, there was manufacturing, but it was all done with intense labor. It was all done with people's hands and assembly lines getting together to kind of make things happen. 
The Industrial Revolution was about God anointing people to break through areas that hasn't been broken through before. And that's where the transition comes, and that's where the things come that are transformational, right? And I'm suggesting to you that we're in a time right now that's very transformational. Out of the Industrial Revolution came some of the things that we are still benefiting from today, right? It, it was a time where chemicals were found. New chemicals were discovered to produce uh, things that couldn't be produced any other way. Ben, there's a little bit of ringing here. I'm not sure where you are, but um, if you could take care of that, uh, it would be helpful. And um, new machines, uh, new uh, revelations in power, things like water wheels and things like steam, really were... Uh, organized by an anointed uh, setting of people where it would affect the entire world forever. There wasn't a beginning and an end. There was a transformation from the old into the new, and the new didn't pass away. The new stayed, and it continues to affect us today. And I'm suggesting to you that though we don't walk by natural sight, right, we do walk by the Spirit, and I'm finding that the Spirit is hovering over the body of people in the day that we're in and revealing new things, revealing new understanding and ways to navigate and ways to go through the day that's oppressive and that's full of fear and full of anxiety. And you go to people that they want, and they don't want to hear anything about God. They don't want to hear anything about spiritual things. And I'm suggesting to you the only answer in the transformation that we're in is only found by the Spirit. Is only found by the leading of the Holy Spirit uh, massaging the hearts of individuals where they would be given over to, them, to their own, uh, given over to the new agenda not the old agenda and the things that they wanted. And what I'm seeing in the body of Christ are things that God is making himself known because he so wants to be made known in a correct light, with correct understanding. He isn't a God that carries a big stick. He isn't a God that's waiting for you to mess up. He isn't a God that delights in correcting you in terms of he waits days and days and days so we can feel glad about correcting his children. He does correct his children because if you are a son, then you can expect the hand of the Father every now and then in your life to come alongside you and show you a different and better way. To show you something that's more significant and more powerful that's going to lead you to a new plateau a new height of sonship, right, of where the transformation that's happening in your life is now not one based out of anxiety and fear, depression, all of the things the devil wants to convince you that is your future. He wants to convince you that he's still the God of deliverance. He's still the God who comes to set people free and to experience a freedom and a hope and a love. Amen? Are you with me? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, how do we, how
how do we come? If there's a, I'm suggesting there's a transformation that's already here, that the Holy Spirit is hovering over like he did in Genesis when he hovered over the waters, right? And God spoke and the Holy Spirit manifested and the earth was formed and the expanse was formed and the waters were formed and light and the trees and the birds and all things, right? It's the story of creation. The Holy Spirit was hovering over at that time. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is hovering over your life right now. Right now. And if you're just coming to experience every single day and your, expect your expectation is that it's kind of the same as yesterday, man, that's a mindset of, the, of, the, of, 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 of fleshly thinking. Because God wants to make himself known in something brand new in your life. And this global pandemic that we're in with social distancing and wearing masks and, you know, all of the things that we're in, there's a breakthrough coming in your life that's going to produce a freedom that was not there before this all happened because you're transitioning out of the old and into the new. So how do we participate in this, uh, you know, kind of where the rubber hits the road? How do we approach God? How do we, how do we, how do we walk through this in a very common sense way, though God is not about common sense, right? Because he can walk on water, right? He can, he can overrule his own principles of uh, things always fall to the earth. Uh, Philip was translated in the spirit, right? So it isn't always about common sense, and it isn't always about our own understanding. But if we start to get the principles of God's heart, and how he wants us to come, and how he wants us to function. We can better understand when he speaks to our heart where that's coming from. Because if we assess what he's speaking by natural terms, it, I, I, I can tell you that in my life, when God has spoken in my life, the first thought that would come, the first set of thoughts that would come to my mind is, that's impossible. can't do that. I don't know how that would ever happen. I don't know if that's God or not. And all the doubts that existed in the garden at the time God was orchestrating creation, right? The devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. And he's still doing that today. So I want you to understand some of the workings of God that reveals his heart as the true loving father, as the true God of the universe, right? Not just the, the God of heaven, right? But the God of my life on a personal and intimate scale. So I want you to turn to Hebrews 11 and say, uh, found it when you're there. Go ahead. I'm waiting for you. Some of you don't bring your Bibles to church. you got to bring your Bible to church, right? It's your sword. It's your weapon. So, Okay, i got a couple of got it's back here. Got it back. Got it, got it on that side. What about on this side? Got it? Hebrews 11? You guys are fast. My goodness. Holy moly. Got it. Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The earth today, in general, uh, knows there is a God, 
and sometimes lots of gods, but they don't have the personal relationship. And this scripture is inviting us to come to him personally, intimately, one-on-one, to hear his voice, to hear his thoughts. But in order to do that, you first must believe that he is. And then it's not a waste of time. Or it's not about some formula of a rote experience where we just go through the motions, but we really don't expect to hear his voice inside of us. And we come in doubt and unbelief, right? And I'm not suggesting that we don't have that. God knows what we're made of. God knows who we are. But I want to encourage you that God is saying in these days, believe that I am. Believe what my love letter uh, declares about me. Believe that I'm going to speak to you. Believe that I know what's going on in your life. Believe that I can change any circumstance. Come with a measure of faith that the Bible declares every single one of us are given, right? Everyone is given of faith for them who believe. Amen? Amen. So one of the first things that we've got to understand in how to walk through this transition, how to participate in this global uh, new normal is that God still loves you. And God is wanting you to experience the breakthrough into the new, into the into the Uh, the places where he's releasing through you as an individual. Amen? You know, I want to go to uh, John chapter 15. So say this time, found it! (laughs) Found it! Who found it first? Some over here. Some over here. Found it. Are you there? John chapter 15. So Jesus knew in this passage that he was going to the cross. And he was preparing the disciples for the transition of perhaps one of the greatest transitions known to man. In that there was something that was going to happen as an experience, as an invitation that would forever change the relationship between the father and his children. There was a transition happening here of a new normal where God was communicating through Jesus of how to experience that, how to position yourself in it. How to realize that are you a part of it or are you, uh, are you watching it happen? Where are you and how does that work? And how do you know? And so in chapter 15 he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So right away in the very first part of Jesus' words here, he's saying that if you're not found to be in him, the rest doesn't apply. And he's also saying that my father is the vine dresser. 
In other words, there are parts where God is assembling and putting together and causing an orchestration of something that is unified, something that is one, something that has definition, something that has shape. Amen? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. So already we know that we're a part of Christ. We're a part of the branch. We're supposed to be producing fruit. Amen? We're supposed to be unique. We're not supposed to look like the branch on the side. Because every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he takes it away. And so I've heard this message preached in the past of saying, you better bear fruit or God's going to deal with you. That's not his heart. That's not the heart of the Lord today in the day that we're in. The heart of the Lord is, you're in me. I'm in you. And together, we're going to do something. And so what are you going to be doing? Well, let's pretend that, uh, let, me, let me diverge here a little bit to tell a story. Jesus loved to tell stories. And let's put it this way. You get a letter in the mail. Some of you love to go to the mailbox and see what's new for you. Maybe somebody wrote you. Some people don't like to go. I'm one of those. I kind of dread going to the mailbox. But uh, sometimes there's bills in there I don't really want to pay. But maybe it'll be tomorrow. So what, anyway, it, 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 I'm indifferent about that. So let's just say that you're going to the mailbox. There's a letter in there that looks very formal. Looks very... Uh, very distinguished and you open the letter up and it happens to be a statement from the federal government that says your name put your name in the thing that says you are the new OSHA representative for the Northeast in the United States right how would you respond so if you're like me I would say oh my gosh oh and the things that I would be thinking about initially would be, they got it wrong, right? right? There is no way that I'm going to be the OSHA representative to go into businesses and assess safety or assess activity of safety or uh, all of the regulations. For one thing, I only know about this much of the OSHA regulations, and there's no space between my hands. but. In comparison to what is out there, I'm not an expert. And so I'd be thinking, you got it all wrong. On the other side, I would be thinking, wow, this is quite an opportunity. The guy that held this position before me held it for 30 years, was known in the entire Northeast. Wow. And then fear would come back on the other side, and so the little angels and the devil is sitting on the shoulder, and I'm having this conversation, and... And, and then the devil would say, well, you better run because you're not going to say no to the government. I'm ready to run. I'm ready to go find a hiding place. And I'm going to find a good hiding place because this is a fearful place, right? And on the other side, it would be, well, wait a minute. 
you get to show the heart of God in impacting people's lives in places of safety, in places of affirmation. And so there's this thing going back on. And I don't really know what to do about it. And so in the end, I put it on the shelf, and I'm really thinking they've got it wrong, and I'm just going to kind of hang out here and just kind of relax until something causes me to go the next step. And I put it on the shelf, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait. And the more time that goes on, the more I say it's not of God. The more time that goes on, I start to question and doubt. Am I ever... How am I going to handle this? Is it an invitation? Is it very formal? Information got sent out to other people, right? There's a new administrator in the Northeast. So then I go back and I look at the envelope and I say, I'm going to return to sender. Have you ever gotten one of those uh, letters in the mail where you just put return to sender? The U.S. Postal Service is obligated to take that piece of mail and return it to the one who sent it. They're obligated to take that piece of mail and deliver it somewhere, right? So you're either the recipient that receives it and opens it up and starts to deal with it, though you're overwhelmed, though you're, you can't imagine how to begin, right? You don't even know what the first steps are. You're not an expert in the, in the guidance of the OSHA regulations, right? And so in the midst of return to sender, I drew an arrow up to the upper left-hand corner of where the address of the sender is. And there's no address. There's just simply a word, God. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's where we are. The prophecies that have been released, the words that have been released, the love letter that is written in his own blood by his own finger, declares there's going to be a people in the earth who act like and sound like and participate by the sons of God in the image of God. You and I might be a little apprehensive about it. We might feel a little afraid about it. We might feel, but listen, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. We cannot fulfill our destiny without realizing and coming to God and letting him speak to us. And that's what's going on right now in the hearts of the people. Let's continue on in the verse. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Some of you are like, well, what's left? What's my fruit? The word declares I'm going to bear fruit. So... I might understand and have witness to 
I'm an apple orchard. And I'm a tree in that apple orchard because we're using the tree experience in the vine, right? And others may understand that they are producing fruit and maybe you are a potato patch and a potato plant, another vine, right? And you cannot look at the apple tree and say, well, I want to be the apple tree. I want to be the apple tree that's above ground. I want to be that fruit that's red because I love the blood of Jesus, right? I want to be that one that ripens in the sunlight, right, that comes along and is picked at the end of the year, my favorite time of the year, right? I want to be an apple tree. You can't say that. If your anointing is to be one thing and you're trying to be another thing, that's not your call. And so right away, we're told that there are many gifts in the body of Christ. You should not be jealous. You shouldn't be uh, thinking that one gift is better than another one. You should just be trying to recognize your gift and figuring out how to make that the best it can be, the best it can possibly be. Because when we have uh, one kind of fruit that wants to be the other kind of fruit, you've got jealousies and you've got iniquities and you've got backbiting and tail-bearing, and you don't ever fulfill the destiny of what God intended you to be, of fitting into the body as a hand or an arm or a joint or an ear or an eye. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. I can take over and do a better job than what you're doing. Right? You can't say that. Let's continue on. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you say, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And without me, you can do nothing. So the people who tend to bear fruit that don't abide in the branch, it's already declared, you can't operate here. You can't function here. The sons of God can operate by the Spirit because they're led by the Spirit. But if you don't have the Spirit of God, you aren't led by the Spirit of God. Makes sense, right? If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the vine and into the fire, and they are burned. As a society, when my kids went through Little League, I was kind of shocked to understand they didn't keep score. And I was kind of shocked by everybody wins. And the mindset that's in the world today of there are no losers, there are only winners, everybody's treated the same, nobody's rejected, nobody's cast out, nobody is, um, you know, everybody is going to go to heaven. That's not what this scripture says. There are winners and losers. If you're not abiding in the vine, if you're not having the personal relationship of Jesus Christ, coming to him by faith, 
recognizing that he exists and he loves you and he wants to talk to you and he wants to reveal mysteries and secrets, it can't be through fleshly human wrote things. I go to church on Sunday and that's why I believe I'm saved. I read my Bible uh, for three minutes every night and that's why I'm saved. I read my Bible for four hours every night and that's why I'm saved. All of those things are really good but of and in themselves do not produce salvation. They don't produce the transition of the old was there and the new is here and there's a new normal. Let's keep going. I'm almost done. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. O-M-G. What an amazing opportunity for the people who abide in the vine to become the extraordinary. Ask anything that you want and it will be done for you. By this, by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. And so as I close this morning, that's the message to you. Because you abide in Christ, because you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, because you're coming to him in faith, recognizing that he is, and you're expecting to hear his voice, expecting him to lead you out of something that's full of fear and chaos and anxiety and stress, which is where the world is right now, into something that's stable and secure and full of love and compassion and power and authority. The sons shall be revealed. The sons that are destined to experience the transition of a new heart and a new mind shall surely come to pass. And I want you to understand that we're in the middle of a transition that the world has experienced over and over and over and over again. But we are a different people in a different time with the same story being told. It's the same story. It's the story about God's ability to take what is base and ordinary and full of fear and anxiety and make it something extraordinary. That's what you get by coming to God and experiencing his voice. And so I want to encourage you, though tomorrow might be more news reports of the fearful and the governments and this and that, you are not that people. You are a people who are led by the Spirit of God, who intend to experience a transformation that though the earth be removed from under your feet, you are not moved because your foundation isn't a natural foundation. 
It's a foundation based on the heart and the love letter that God is communicating to the people for one purpose, to abide in the branch, to bear fruit. And in that process of bearing fruit, you're glorifying God. You're describing who he is. You're demonstrating his goodness. You're demonstrating his love and his peace. And then others get to decide, do I want to be a part of that? Or do I want to remain one who comes along and the vine dresser takes the clippers and clips it off and it falls to the ground? It's a sobering thought. I'm going to suggest that you are called to the higher places, to the fruit. You can do nothing unless you abide in the vine. You cannot bear fruit. Apples don't all of a sudden appear in midair or on tomato plants or on cabbage plants. Apples only are produced by the fruit of the apple tree. And that's where you're going. You're coming to a place where you're the demonstration of your life glorifies God in the way he chose. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so as we close uh, today, uh, we've got a few more announcements. So those of you online, uh, be blessed, be encouraged. I uh, hope the message met your heart today. Uh, and have a great day. And God bless. Amen? We good, Jackie? All right. All right, announcements. Um, you had an announcement you wanted to make? But just think about it. You have uh, all winter where you get to experience heat and warmth and, uh, and all kinds of things. Belinda had uh, something she wanted to share. So come on up, Belinda. Uh, I'll put this away. Go ahead and...